Welcome. This is Liza Young with Therapy Extended. I want to talk today about the emotionally immature parent. I'm, I'm going to reference um, the book by Dr. Lindsay Gibson a lot. It's called Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. Um, it is a fantastic book. She also has a book that... Um, is a self-care book and a recovery workbook that go along with it if you're interested in learning more about the um, the possibility that maybe that is something you have dealt with and that you're continuing to deal with and need some healing in. Um, this So the emotionally immature parent, this is different than, say, a, a different than an abusive parent different than even maybe different than maybe a narcissistic or borderline personality parent. Um, those obviously those those types of people are emotionally immature. Um, but when I'm when I'm talking today about the emotionally immature parent, I'm not talking about abusers, narcissists, things of that nature, okay? These um, these parents are, for the most part, they are great. You love them. They, they, for the most part, are wonderful in a lot of different areas. So it can be confusing. Some just outright aren't. They are, they are distant and hurtful. Um, but I'm going to read just a little bit of what Dr. Gibson um says in her book, before I get into all of this, she says, emotional loneliness comes from not having enough emotional intimacy with other people. And it can start in childhood due to feeling emotionally unseen by self-preoccupied parents. Or it can arise in adulthood when an emotional connection is lost. But if it's been a lifelong feeling, it points to the likelihood of not being sufficiently emotionally responded to as a child. Growing up in a family with emotionally immature parents is a lonely experience. These parents may look and act perfectly normal, caring for their child's physical health and providing meals and safety. However, if they don't make a solid emotional connection with their child, the child will have a gaping hole where true security might have been. So emotional intimacy, it involves knowing that you have someone you can tell anything to, all your feelings, you can be seen. It creates a deep bond, right? It can only exist when the other person seeks to know you without judgment. So parents who are emotionally mature, they develop enough self-awareness to be comfortable with their own feelings, as well as those of other people, including you, their child. They are emotionally attuned to their children. And when that happens, um, that attunement, you're able to meet your child's emotional needs. So parents who are, are emotionally immature often don't notice their children's inner experiences. So you may have felt discounted um, because they have overlooked this or they don't notice what you're really feeling, what you're going through. So the emotional loneliness that you feel is understandable as a result of growing up without, I would say, sufficient empathy from your primary caregivers. So when we're talking about emotionally immature parents, some of the traits that you could be looking for 
um, just to kind of see if any of these resonate with with one or both of your parents. They are usually rigid and single-minded. They have low stress tolerance. They are subjective, which means they interpret situations based um, on how they feel, not what is actually happening. Right. So what is true doesn't matter nearly as much as what feels true. They have little respect for differences. They are egocentric, um, just self-preoccupied, self-involved. They are self-referential, which basically means they're not self-reflective. They want to be the center of attention. They promote role reversal, meaning the parent relates to the child as if the child were the parent basically expecting attentiveness and comfort from the child. This is also, we call this in therapeutic terms, parentification. Um, they have low empathy and are emotionally insensitive. They don't step back and think about how their behavior impacts others. So they seldom apologize or feel regret because of that. Um, they have intense but shallow emotions. So they can... You may see it as, okay, but they are emotional. Well, they can be dramatic, but not necessarily deep, if that makes sense. They can also be killjoys. Instead of enjoying their children's excitement, they can abruptly change the subject or warn them not to get their hopes up. Again, just being very dismissive. They also don't see their children as separate individuals and relate to them strictly on the basis of their own needs. Children's needs and interests are overshadowed by what's important to their parent. They are often inconsistent and contradictory. This is very hard because they may either loving or um, detached depending on their mood. Like they may, may, I'm sorry, they may either be, be loving or detached depending on their mood. So children don't know when their parents might be emotionally available again because they are emotionally unreliable because of this. So there are times when you feel loved, right? That you feel that, um, but it's not consistent. And this parental inconsistency can be the biggest thing that binds children most closely to their parent. Because if you think about it, they keep hoping to get that infrequent, elusive, positive response whenever it may come around again. So let's think about how you may feel around them, how that may have affected you growing up and even now. Um, you may feel emotionally lonely around them. Interactions with them feel one-sided, frustrating. They come first. You are second. You can even feel coerced or trapped in certain situations or conversations. Um, they won't be emotionally vulnerable with you. Again, that, you know, they they have emotions, they can be maybe dramatic or whatever and show that, but the vulnerability is not there. The true, you know, what's really going on underneath that. They communicate through trying to get you as upset as they are. This is called emotion, emotional contagion. It's an interesting thing. They want you to join in with, with what they see and what they're feeling. They don't respect your boundaries or individuality. You're the only one that does the emotional work in the relationship. They see you as an extension of themselves and can feel like you have no autonomy. That kind of goes back to not feeling like an individual. 
Um, they make you responsible for their happiness. This isn't always obvious, though, because it can be through subtle cues that influence others to feel a certain way. So kind of maybe a bit of manipulation around how they might say things, maybe a little passive aggressive. You feel like you can't say no, feel a lot of guilt. You may have overly intense emotional reactions to them, maybe not to their face, but if you see their their name come up on their on the phone when they're texting or calling, it could stir something in you. Sometimes you can develop anxiety or depression due to growing up in an environment where you couldn't trust a parent to notice your needs or to protect you from things that overwhelmed you. So children learn their value by whether their parents attend to their inner world. Questioning your worth as an adult is common if one or both of your parents did not provide you with emotional security. Kind of going through all of these things, you know, it's it's like, okay, well, why, my goodness, this, why are they why are they like this? What what is going on with them? And usually, I mean, honestly, it's because of their own, own upbringing. Maybe what they learned, what they received. They can often act like a child because their development, their own development was stunted in their childhood. Due to, it could be a number of things, their own trauma, abuse they might have gotten, their own emotionally immature parents, all sorts of things. Um, so this incomplete development that they may have gotten leads to emotional limitations, right? So they often have fundamental doubts about their own core worth as a person. They're afraid that they will be exposed as bad or inadequate or unlovable. So they keep their defenses high so other people can't get close. However, they may not have enough self-awareness to recognize this, though, um, and, and that's the hard part. They may not really see or know what they're doing. This could make you feel like, okay, well, are, do they even love me? Did they ever love me? Do they love me? Do they love me? Um, I believe they usually do. I think along the same lines as Gibson says in her book in that they may have no idea they have to treat you differently in order for you to actually feel loved, right? So they are, they are loving you in their mind the way they think you need to be loved, but obviously it isn't. It's not being received in that way. So this, this oh, it affects adult children of emotionally immature parents in so many different ways. So as you're listening to this, kind of see if any of these resonate with you, if um, if anything comes up for you when, when we continue talking about just how this can affect adults who grew up in this this environment and who still have parents that you communicate with and, and is still ongoing. So children who grow up with an emotionally immature parent often learn to put other people's needs first um, because they, they're so desperate to make some kind of connection with their parent. That's what they did with their parent. They believe that if they want closeness, they must play a role that always puts the other person first. This can transfer over into adult relationships where you're always giving and you end up burnt out and even resentful. So children often think that being helpful and hiding their needs will win their parents' love. Unfortunately, being counted on isn't the same thing as being loved. 
So no child can be good enough to evoke love from a highly self-involved parent. This isn't to say that your parent did not or does not love you, like we said earlier, but due to their emotional immaturity, they may not know how to love in the way that they need to, in the way that you need them to. So kids try to become good enough, even in adulthood, to win other people's love and attention, even though, and I'm referencing Gibson again, unconditional love cannot be bought with conditional behavior. This also meant that they had to grow up quickly, become self-sufficient. As an adult, this can make it hard to ask for help. They often can't believe someone would want a relationship with them just because of who they are, because growing up, they had to play a role, right? That always put the other person first. So as an adult in a relationship, they may seek for constant reassurance or not fully trust their partner's motivations. Their experiences with their partners have taught them, I mean, I'm sorry, with their parents have taught them that relationships mean feeling abandoned and burdened at the same time. So they may feel they are a burden to others. They may bottle up emotions and fear that their partner or friend will not want them if they share their emotions. It can be hard to trust your instincts as well because emotionally immature parents don't know how to validate their child's feelings and instincts. Without this, children learn to give in to what others seem to say is true, what what others feel is the right thing. And so they latch on to, okay, well, that must be right. So in adulthood, it's hard to make decisions and you can start second guessing yourself in a lot of areas. When trying to communicate with an emotionally immature parent who has poor intimacy skills, these interactions may have made you feel shut down. In your current relationships, you may find it hard to know how to properly communicate your feelings without fear of being shut down again. This can also make it hard to ask for what you need. I don't know if you're seeing any of these things um, within your with your within your own self as I'm going through this list. Um, there may be some things that are popping up for you that are ringing true. There could have been a lot of criticizing and recognizing that as an adult, the critical voice you still hear may be something that is from your childhood and isn't part of your true self. So you may have to work on separating your self worth from the critical voice of your parent. If you've been trained to discount your feelings, you'll probably feel guilty for complaining. And I want to remind you that your natural desire to feel special and loved is not selfish. And it should have been met in childhood by your parents or your caregivers. You can be over-responsible for your parents or others in your life trying to feel valuable by taking on someone else's issues, or problems. Also, you may subconsciously, not even realizing you're doing this, be trying to get your partner to give you what you didn't get in your childhood, which, as you can imagine, can create a host of relational problems. We often also see our world and people through the lenses of our childhood, and those in your current life may, may not be emotionally immature, and therefore those lenses are no longer helpful to you. So these examples are, they're, they're endless. Those are just a few. Um, and you may think, okay, well, I see these things in myself. I see that this was something growing up as a child. I don't like it. 
Um, but I also find myself drawn to emotionally unavailable people now. And if that's you, let's talk about that for a minute, right? Because the most primitive part of our brain tells us that safety lies in familiar familiarity. I can't ever say that word. In the familiar. We gravitate to situations that we have had experience with because we know how to deal with them. So as children, also, we don't recognize our parents' limitation because seeing our, I mean, they're adults. They're the people that you know, they don't have limitations because seeing our parents as immature or flawed is scary when you're young because that's the person that's supposed to protect you and know things. But if we deny this truth about our parents, we aren't able to recognize similar hurtful behaviors in future relationships. One thing that Dr. Gibson says is, you know, okay, then how do I tell who, who is a safe person? Emotionally speaking, you know by how you feel after you've been with them. Do you feel happier, lighter, more hopeful, or drained, unsatisfied, and stressed? And how do you feel before you see them? Are you looking forward to it and feeling happy or dreading it and wishing you could spend your time elsewhere? So your sensations reflect how emotionally safe you feel with that person. You can trust yourself. You can trust your gut. You know what's best for you. One thing that many ask, even in, in people that I've worked with, is will I ever be able to have an, emo- an emotionally mature relationship with my parent? Like, what does that look like now? What, you know, obviously every situation, every person is different. I do believe there is hope for all people, all relationships. However, the person must be willing to have enough self-reflection and do the work necessary to promote that healthy change. So some just simply are too immature to be able to do that. Emotional closeness demands a level of emotional maturity that some just don't have. And so that is not to say that you can't have a wonderful relationship with your parent. It just may have to look different than what you had hoped. And I think this will bring a level of grieving that you may have to to work through. I think there's a a good deal of grieving um, even when you're recognizing, wait a minute, I think that could have been one or both of my parents. Wait a minute, this... I think this is something that I went through. I mean, that can invoke anger and sadness and grief and all sorts of emotions that are understandable. Absolutely. So, you know, because what you should have had growing up, right, how you should have been taken care of emotionally and you weren't, that that is definitely something that you'll need to grieve. So moving forward may look different and you may have to accept that you may not get what you needed and still need from your parent. You may have to lay down just seeking that out. This may also mean having to set boundaries. That's not as punishment for them, but that is just an emotional protection for you, depending on your situation. You'll probably have to change your expectations. Gibson says at this point, you're looking for an adult relationship with them, not a recreation of the parent-child dynamic. That's big. 
So you aren't denying your past. You're just accepting your parents as they are without expectations. And a huge part of healing and freedom will come when you get to a place where you no longer want anything from them. This could be very hard because growing up as a child, we needed many things from them, right? And to release that and accept that is incredibly hard, but it is doable. So that leads us into healing. So how do you heal from that? And, um, you know, I think feeling your anger, like I mentioned earlier, feeling your feelings, but feeling your anger can be very healthy and healing. Um, you may feel bad about being angry towards your parent because you may think of all the wonderful things they have done. And most parents, my goodness, they're not monsters. And even emotionally immature parents do many wonderful things for their children. But even though many are unintentional in their actions and possibly unaware of what pain they are causing, they hurt you. And that matters. So anger is an adaptive reaction to feelings of abandonment. Right. So it's a response to feelings of helplessness that could be caused by your parents, emotional disregard, feeling dismissed, unseen or unloved. Anger can also let you see yourself as worthy of sticking up for you. It can be a sign of your true self coming forward and beginning to care about yourself. I'm not saying, oh, let's just be angry, stay in it, and get bitter and resentful and just shut them out. But I am saying when you do feel that anger, because you will if you allow yourself, it can be good in helping you move forward to feel other emotions as well and to grieve and to move through this. We all have a need to share our inner experience. We all have a need for genuine emotional connection. Nothing hurts the spirit more than being around someone who won't engage with us emotionally, especially if it's our parents. It will be important for you in your healing to find your safe people to make connection with. And if you don't have those people yet, reach out to a therapist who can help you start that process. Oftentimes being heard in a safe environment like the therapy room can be incredibly healing in and of itself. One thing that um, I do want to caution on is if you think that you have a parent who was and maybe still is emotionally immature, take notice to see if there's a part of you that still looks within yourself for reasons why things go wrong in relationships. This may not always um, like, I think what I'm saying is like, you may not always recognize abuse for what it is. Okay. Sometimes what happened to you as a child could have been abuse and you may not re have recognized those as being abusive behaviors. So in your adult relationships, you may not recognize them either. So if some of these things are ringing true, I would also encourage you to take a step further and just make sure that you're not also looking at maybe there was abuse there as well. I have other podcasts on that, blogs and different things on my website, and you can look things up as well or reach out to a therapist and talk about things regarding abuse. This is just about emotional immaturity, but I do want to put that out there that there may be some of that and you didn't even realize that's what was happening, which means it may be harder for you to recognize that in your current relationship to see if that's a, you know, a possibility. Um, so children are likely to feel 
that their true selves aren't enough to engage their parents. So they start believing that the only way to be noticed is to become something other than who they really are. So part of your healing is going to be finding your true self. It's going to be a beautiful healing piece in your journey because you get to define yourself now, who you are, who God created you to be, those parts of yourself that you might have had to deny or shut down or tell to be quiet just to get through your childhood. You have the right also to set limits, to not be emotionally coerced, to have emotional autonomy, the right to choose relationships, the right to have healthy communication, the right to choose what's best for you, and the right to love and protect yourself. Gibson says, when you're going through a breakdown, a good question to ask is, what is actually breaking down? We usually think it's ourself, but what's typically happening is that our struggle to deny our emotional truth is breaking down. Emotional distress is a signal that it's getting harder to remain emotionally unconscious. It means we're about to discover our true selves. I love that because your true self is wonderful and amazing. And I'm so sorry that you didn't get to fully release that and shine, but you get to now. So, yeah, it takes it takes work, obviously, to be in any relationship, but it shouldn't take work just to be noticed and connected. In order for people to learn anything new, their old mental pattern must break and rework itself around the new incoming knowledge. So some of this might be new knowledge and you might have a sense of kind of breaking some of those old patterns, some of those old voices, um, family dynamics. And that's a great and beautiful place to start, just the awareness of things. And I know this is kind of just a short snippet of the emotionally immature parent and kind of the effects of having one or two of those in your life. Um, But if you listened to this podcast and felt like this could be something you're dealing with, that maybe the specifics didn't hit home with you or you have some questions or want to dig deeper, I would recommend that you read that book, Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents by Lindsay Gibson, because she really goes into a lot more depth about all of these issues. She also has, like I said before, a workbook, a self-care book as well. Um, but obviously, and of course I'm going to say this because I am a therapist, if you need further healing in this area, please reach out to a therapist who can help you work through these things to see, okay, what do I need to do now with this information? Um, how do I move forward with my parents in the unique situation that that is to you? Um, Obviously, you can reach out to me. Go to www.lizayoungcounseling.com. I hope this has been helpful, and I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much.